Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I will be your host this evening as we talk about and break down Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, aka Doctor Strange 2, the follow-up to Doctor Strange that was released about what, five years ago or so, but uh, we've had several appearances of Doctor Strange since then in the various Avengers movies that have come since then. Uh, so his story has continued, but this is the first direct sequel since that last, well, that first Doctor Strange movie so many years ago. Um, like I said, my name is Justin. Welcome to the Credible Nurse Podcast, this video feed. First off, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our channel, as well as like this video, comment on the video, do all that you know YouTube stuff that everybody talks about. But we would appreciate um, a... A subscribe to increase our subscriber uh, number and kind of get the our our videos out there so we would thank you in advance for that but in addition to me we have a good cast of reviewers and hosts I'd like to introduce them first up we have my main man my big nerd my fellow marvel sorcerer supreme we have mark <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? Good to be here. Quite the introduction, but uh, you deserve it, man. So <laughs> in addition to Mark, we have Kimball, who's always been with us, at least these last few Marvel review shows. We have Kimball. Hello, guys. Welcome. Hey, if he's the Sorcerer Supreme, then what am I? Ooh, that's a good question. Who's the... The weakest. <laughs> the weakest Supreme. <laughs> I mean the strongest. It came out wrong. I apologize. Oh, the strongest Avenger? Okay, strongest I'll take that Avenger. one. Yeah. So we got Kimball back with us, and then we have Aiden joining us this time. Hey, guys. So this is your first Marvel review show, if I remember correctly, right? Yep. Cool. Well, we went and saw, I mean, Aiden and Mark went and saw the movie last Saturday, and we actually saw it in, we ended up seeing it in 3D. I didn't realize that was the ticket we bought, but we showed up for that, and they handed us the glasses, and we're like, okay. See how this is, and actually, I enjoyed that 3D presentation. It was really well. I've seen uh, movies before in 3D, and some of them are good, some aren't. But this was was pretty good. We saw it in IMAX 3D, which visually is probably one of the best uh, mediums to see it in. And you saw it on Saturday as well, Kimball. What uh, what format did you watch it in? I saw it in 2D format. Okay. And then Aiden, you went back and saw it again uh, Monday. Yeah, yesterday. I saw it yesterday, not in 3D. Mm -hmm. So you've seen both 3D and 2D. How did it compare? What were, were there any differences besides the obvious? 3D? I usually do not like 3D movies, at least in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the 3D glasses. I think sometimes it doesn't make too much of a difference. But in this movie, it really did make a difference. There's so much depth to each scene in the movie that it mm -hmm. it was you know a different experience yeah okay cool uh yeah so dr strange we start out with with him getting waking up actually he has this nightmare at least that's what we're led to believe at first uh, this nightmare where he's with um this character we haven't met before we, we've been teased in the previews and the, the trailers about it uh, america chavez and she's a, a younger girl i don't know if she's quite a teenager maybe an older teenager, younger 20s type person. And her and Dr. Strange are fighting against this demon. In I'm not sure what that uh, 
that uh, area, that part they're in. It's like the in-between spaces, I'm, I'm assuming, something like that. I don't know, Mark, did you catch what that was or understand what that a place that they're in is? Yeah, so it's the space between dimensions is what they said in, late in the movie. So it's kind of like unbuilt space, right? It's just, it, it separates the dimensions. So it sounds like it's like somewhere outside of any dimension, but not in its own dimension, if that makes sense. It's just kind of there. Yeah, like the word the they used was junction. So it's, you know, like a, like a four-way stop or something like that, a train junction mm. leads okay. to everywhere. Yeah. Was it built specifically for that book that they were trying to get? Or is that, you know, just for anywhere, anything? I don't know. I got the sense that was the the place that that book was kept specifically. I feel like the book of, Ash- of Vishanti was placed there because it's not anywhere. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like it, it, its own place. Like if it, it almost made it sound like going from dimension to dimension is hard, but doable by specific people, but mm-hmm. going to this place is even harder. And so this is here. So to, if, if you can make it, you actually need to be there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so they're trying to get the book of Ashanti and they essentially fail. The demon is able to overpower them and, and not let them get it in America Chavez. Uh, this is a new character that we haven't seen in the Marvel movies yet. And her power essentially is that she's able to create doorways and passageways in between the different multiverses that exist. Um, so she's able to open a, a doorway to another earth and escape and um, escape that demon and move on. So it's kind of a cold, they call it a cold opening where you're just kind of thrown in the middle of what's going on. Um, and so seeing this, I was a little disoriented, like what's going on? Because it's, it's Dr. Strange, but it's not our Dr. Strange. It's a different version. He has a ponytail, like I said <laughs> early, later on, when our Dr. Strange sees him. Uh, what about for you, Kimball? With this thrown into the action, here's a Dr. Strange, but one that we obviously don't know. New character, new situations. How, how did you come acro- how'd that come across for you? I liked it. I thought it was a good cold opening, especially when it comes to like a sequel um, mm. rather than like a movie where it's a, an origin story. We already know who Doctor Strange is, so I like getting just thrown into something. Then questions get answered later. Right. Okay. Uh, so with this being thrown into this, um, do we... We've seen Doctor Strange in several movies prior to this one, the most recent being Spider-Man in in No Way Home. And there's some multiverse stuff going on there, and they reference it later in the movie a little bit. Do you feel like you needed to see all these Doctor Strange appearances in the Avengers Infinity War Endgame? Um, I think he was in another one, like an end credit scene for a different one. And then the Spider-Man one. What about you, Mark? Do you feel like you need to see all those or can you just jump into this one and be good? 
The only thing I felt like that I had to see is the one show I didn't really watch, which was WandaVision. <laughs> True. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I got halfway through and it was just like, I just could not finish it. And I know I've been told multiple times I need to finish it. And I was like, nah, nah. And I really regretted it because there was a lot of kickback, you know, about what happened uh, in that, you know, in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. From yeah. this movie, right? Uh, Doctor Strange talks about it. You know, oh, you never came up and checked on me. I thought you'd come check on me. The Darkhold is actually in WandaVision, right? It's in the very last episode. So that's where she gets it, you know? And you would never know that. Like, all of a sudden, she just, you know, she has it. But you don't know how. So you had to watch WandaVision. I think that's the one show that you really need to watch to get that connection. Yeah, I mean, WandaVision kind of explains her mo- whole motive for mm-hmm. for the whole movie. You don't understand why she's doing the things she's doing. and Like, you get it, but you don't get the whole part of it if you don't watch WandaVision. Yeah, you don't get the impact of it, mm-hmm. the importance of it all, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe for Doctor Strange, not necessarily, but for Wanda, Scarlet Witch, yeah. So, okay. and, then, and I think... Watching the Avengers, I mean, uh, Infinity War and Endgame would help you with Doctor Strange's background. But I don't think watching Spider-Man is really necessary because he talks about it. And that's all you need to know. Yeah, with Spider-Man. Yeah, because... Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. Uh, you just get a glimpse into the multiverse. It, it hints at it, so it's not terribly important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that, I mean, dimensions were opened, you know, and stuff like that. And we saw people coming from other dimensions into, you know, his, et cetera, et cetera. But they didn't really bring that into this. I thought they were going to continue on, like, what was going on here is going to be an effect of what happened in Spider-Man. But nothing, right? There was no connection on, on what he did there. So, yeah, I don't I don't think you the Spider-Man would really help at all other than that it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did a review of that as well. So go back and check our, our audio podcast feed and you'll find that review there. So we, we both, we all like that Spider-Man movie. And so we have some good things to say about that, but yeah, WandaVision. Yeah. I thought what we saw, a lot of the things we saw in this movie, we would actually see in WandaVision like Doctor Strange showing up, them talking, and you know, just kind of more interaction between uh, Wanda and Stephen Strange. And I think that was—I don't know if it was actually part of the script—and then they cut it out. Or there's a lot of rumors about that when WandaVision first premiered, but we never saw it come to fruition. So I was glad to see that that connection made here in this movie between those two, because I always thought they—you know—they're both magical users. So why wouldn't they work together or be part of the same realm at least? So, uh, yeah. So he wakes up, Stephen Strange wakes up from this dream. We're led to believe it's a dream at first. And he gets dressed and he goes to Christine's wedding, his ex-girlfriend's wedding. She's marrying a new guy who's more dependable and uh, more reasonable, it sounds like. Uh, We know Dr. Strange is an A-type personality to the to the nth degree and so they just didn't weren't able to work things out um but she's marrying a guy who apparently 
is likes Doctor Strange, is a fan of him, so she's like, oh, I don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, I don't know, what do you guys think about uh, this storyline of Christine and Stephen Strange? Not only here, but you know, it does appear again throughout the rest of the film. And just a, a warning, we are going to drop spoilers and kind of jump around the timeline a bit, so uh, bear with us as we do that. But for for you guys... What do you think about this Christine Doctor Strange relationship, Mark? Um, I I thought it was interesting that it was his fate because hmm. in every universe he's never with Christine. Even even what Chavez? What's her name? Chavez? What's her name? Mm-hmm. America. America. America Chavez. I I guess. Um, says you know oh yeah no you're not you're not worth her in this year no you're not with like it just seems like that's his fate is to just not be with her like even in the one where it looked like they were going to work together he dies right so he never gets to be with her and that's just the fate that's like the you know the reaction of him being you know the consequence of him him being dr strange he just cannot so I thought it was pretty cool how they stayed consistent throughout the universes and how that kind of connected, like, and that he had to face his happiness. He can either be happy with her or he can be Dr. Strange, but he can't be both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause, cause he can't be the one holding the knife. Right. And, and when he's Dr. Strange, that's what he is. So, um, so I liked it. I thought it was on par and I think anybody that's ever had a, <laughs> Uh, you know, terrible breakup or a love that you can't have or whatever it is, knows those feelings, right? Knows like what he's going through to sit there and stand at someone's wedding, right? I mean, that's a, that's crazy, but um, I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it that there's a consequence to being a superhero. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I did like towards the end when he meets up with uh, Earth, what is it, 838, I believe? that Christine that he is able to tell her how he feels. And even though it's not his Christine, he does get kind of that closure, kind of like what we saw in the Spider-Man films with, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saving MJ of, uh, Tom Holland's universe. And you kind of got that pseudo confirmation, pseudo closure that's that he needed. So that was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, they're just not fated to be together, apparently, as much as they like each other. And I still think she likes him to some degree. They just She just knows it's not going to work out, so she's moved on. But uh, So there's the wedding, but then this monster attacks. He, the monster is after America Chavez, and we find out that it wasn't a dream that he had, that it was a, a reality on a, in a different multiverse, in a different part of the universe's. Um, so he goes down there and he fights the monster. Wong shows up to help him out and they, they save America Chavez and she doesn't trust him because of what she, her experiences. Um, and we find out that the Dr. Strange that was in his, you know, dream that died also made it so that they capture that one and, and hide him. They bury him in some rocks type thing. So then we find out more about America Chavez as they talk and get to know her. Uh, for for you, Kimball, this introduction of a new character with some pretty big powers, how did that go over? We find out that it's not just this dream. It's, you know, she's a real person and 
she's going to be part of the story. How did, how did that play out for you, Kimball? Um, so what I was wondering with the dream, apparently, did they say that any dream you have is happening in a, in another universe? Is that what they were getting at? Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, Maybe I, not every dream, but you know, a lot of them. Yeah. They said dreams are mm-hmm. windows into another universe. And then Wong was talking about how he had the dream of being chased by naked clowns in his underwear or something like that. <laughs> And America was like, yep, that's another universe. <laughs> yeah, I guess that kind of, um, they're being consistent. Because if you think back to Age of Ultron, Tony Stark, I mean, if you want to call that a dream or a vision he had mm-hmm. of all the death that happened, um, you could say that that would happened in another universe. I mean, now that Marvel's exploring this multiverse, it's kind of a double-edged sword where they can get away with everything and anything's possible um but then you kind of that takes away a lot of uh i guess consequences because now you can just erase everything or start yeah. all over or just make a new universe which can be both good and bad um but yeah i think it's it was a good um introduction to this new character um she seems not she to me she's not annoying which is great i don't like it when a new character comes in and you just don't like them at all um she didn't have like that arrogant take to her she was still pretty humble and i appreciated that right so the creature that was chasing her do we have any idea what that is so it's called the shumagorath (laughs) shumagorath yeah or um Quagoth for this earth, Earth 616, that's its name. Okay. Um, so that monster was directly from, ripped from the comics, basically. Yeah, so it's been around for a while. Let me see if I can find... See, I thought it was a beholder, mm. is what I... I was like, is that a beholder? It's one of the great <laughs> old ones, is its official Play. title. Okay. Yeah, that's cool that they're able. I'm sure there's lots of monsters in these comics, you know, in the history of all these comics that have been around for decades that they can just pull out and be like, yeah, this is one of those guys. So that was good to see. I liked how they defeated it by popping its eyeball out. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind mm-hmm. of funny. So, all right. Um, so Wong is still the Sorcerer Supreme, and uh, Doctor Strange isn't, to his dismay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, they go back to their their main headquarters. Uh, what's it called again? The Carmitage. The Carmitage, yeah. And we see all the monks. They're training. Um, so Strange goes to visit Wanda, and she's off in this field, and they talk. And, but then she gives away something, the name of this... Uh, America Chavez that he didn't tell her about. And when they said that, I was like, I don't think Steven brought that name up. <laughs> and that's, that's how it went down. And he was able to f- figure out that, you know, Wanda has gone to the dark side. She has the dark hold. She's, uh, my thought was, where was she when she like pulled, pulled back the curtains and we saw everything was dead and the moon was red or the sun was red or something like what's, where were they at? Like, and how did Stephen Strange not know 
that things were different, that he was in a different place, different reality. I don't know. Do you guys have any insight on that? I think that was, you know, the big part of the dark hold is that it made Wanda more powerful. That's already one of her powers is that she can alter reality. That's mm-hmm. the, her power for comes from the reality stone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the dark hold enhances that, um, darkens the area around it. So you can't really tell. Okay. So maybe like in WandaVision, when people went into the city of Westview, it was a different reality, but they didn't know. They were, walked right into it and didn't see what was around them, didn't know where they were at. They just thought they were continuing along that road without knowing that things changed, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it definitely was corrupting, like the land was corrupted, right? Yeah. But it had to be somewhere. Yeah. Right? Like, where was it? Somewhere on Earth. Montana? And <laughs> Yeah, and he went there knowing she was there. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's a good question. Kind of a little plot holeish, you know, but I don't know if it's so important yeah. that it matters. The only problem I had with this is that it seemed really juvenile, uh, really, I don't know, um, like 15-year-old comic book that it's like, oh, uh, you never told me her name. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like... I get why they did it. You know, she had to get outed somehow. But with all the power Doctor Strange has, you know, you could have done something neater to do that. You know, like he starts to see corners of it and then he breaks it open or something, you know, realizes something's wrong and and breaks through it himself. Instead, it's like this really weird slip up, you know, of like, you know, she's taking demons and all this power, but dang it, she can't hold her story straight and mentions the girl's name. Like, come on. Yeah. It's just, that's yeah. the only problem I had with this whole scene. Yeah, that's a good point. We've, and we've seen that trope many times before, so it's not very original. But again, like you said, not that big of a deal, really, at the end of the day. Um, so she warns him, hey, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming for America. You, you can give her up to me willingly, or I'm going to come attack you guys and take her anyway and so he's like okay he heads back to Carmitage. he had told her where they were at he heads back there warns Wong they get all geared up to face her she shows up flying in the air and um, she again warns Strange and give her up now or face the consequences and there's this big magical duel because Strange they don't want to give her up because they know that once Wanda takes America that um, she's going to use her to do the same thing to all the multiverses, you know, to take control of it through the the dark hold and and her powers. So there's a big battle. She ends up um, destroying a lot of Carmitage and killing a lot of the the different monks. I don't know, Kimbo. What'd you think about the this magical duel that they had around? Carmitage and how all that went down. It was cool. It kind of reminded me of Harry Potter. Whenever mm-hmm. they're getting Hogwarts is getting attacked and they got that bubble yeah. uh, protecting it, and eventually it it gives way. Or like in the Battle of Wakanda and Infinity Wars, it's kind of similar with that. I mean, when the scene was playing out, it's like okay, you know that Wanda's gonna make it in there mm-hmm. and gonna destroy everything, and she did. So 
there was no like sense of ooh maybe she'll lose. I mean, it was kind of <clears throat> obvious what was going to happen. But um, I thought the the magic and the CGI scenes were pretty cool. Those are always fun to watch. But I felt bad for all those innocent monks that died. It's like man, that's just. Uh, I mean, she's like, she's like a really bad villain now. She went from being a good person to it's like, huh, I, you can't really justify anything that she's doing anymore. Mm, that's a good point. Because at the end of WandaVision, uh, she felt bad for this thing that she did to influence the lives of all these people in this city in a negative way. And I think she killed some of them, some of them and you know, just really tortured a lot of them. And so she felt at the end of the series, she felt bad for it. But here we are, the next film that she's in doesn't seem like she still feels that way. She's bitter about losing vision, about her kids not being real. And that's another thing I wanted to get into is uh, where at the end of, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, the where's the white vision? That was a big thing of WandaVision and what he transformed into his character arc, I guess you could say. Um, Where was he? I I was fully expecting him to show up at some point towards the end of the movie and have some impact or influence with that. And then in the other multiverses, she has the two kids that look exactly the same as her kids from her made-up reality in WandaVision on Earth 616. And who's the father of those kids? Is it Vision? You know, and where was the dad in those other universes? Where was Vision dead as well? Or kind of what was, where was the consistency there? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think it's hard to say that, like where Vision would be in in Earth 838, which is where they go. Um, Because in the Illuminati, you see Ultron in its perfected form. You know, Iron Man made Ultron and it failed. And then Vision was kind of the the result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see a perfected Ultron in here, then how did Vision come about? And then in that case, how did Wanda have the same exact kids without Vision? Yeah. That was my thoughts. What about you guys? Anything stand out here or again doesn't matter because that's the the plot of the movie basically so but if it is the main plot you think they'd have it pretty nailed down as far as those things (laughs) the only thing i thought that was just strange is in order for her to be the mother of these kids she would have to go to another dimension okay good she's just gonna kill herself in another dimension she's just gonna show up and be like Sorry, yeah. I'm going to murder myself in this dimension to be these kids' mom, right? And we saw she couldn't do it, you know, she, we, um, before, right, in, when she tried to kill, kill that one. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how that makes any sense. Like, I'll just kill myself and all will be well. And you know what I mean? It just is so strange, like, that that, was, that would have to happen in order for her to have those kids. And it's almost like she doesn't think of it in the movie, which makes me realize none of the writers thought about it either. Like, wait, we should think this through. She would actually have to go kill herself to be ever be the mother of her kids. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was more of like uh, in her mind, like she's so focused on her 
being the mom of her kids like that just consumed her um to the point where she's like well i'll just figure that part out when i get to it yeah 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 i'll I'll co-parent with myself yeah (laughs) but again where was where's dad where's vision right um and if vision doesn't exist like aiden pointed out who's the dad jarvis (laughs) an old jarvis anyways uh, just some thoughts that i had um not really affecting the movie like overall experience for me and how how i liked it but if it's if i'm watching the movie and that's what's going through my mind um that's kind of i don't know if it's a problem but it's you know something that they should have they have months to prepare and you know fix things and rewrite and re-edit and all that stuff so why can't they figure that out in that in that meantime so looks like we lost mark's feed yeah there, mark? see you. okay let's get into it all right so yeah some stuff to think about but uh this this movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, was directed by Sam Raimi, I believe is how you say it. And he's done various horror movies. I think it was Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. Um, he's done, you know, he has a horror background in some of his movies. And this film definitely was more horror-centric than the comedic laugh jokes i mean there were some but you know it was a different feel than the marvel movies that we've seen in the past i i compare it and i think mark you brought it up while we were watching it that this has more of that new mutants feel to it where you know that was a a horror type movie with some some uh creepy things i guess you could say it was kind of a darker film and this had that same vibe to it so uh, what do you think of this change in the tone of Marvel movies that we got in this one, Mark? I 100% liked it. I I have a hard time watching superhero movies with amazing, happy superhero endings. Right. All right? the time. All the time. Like, not everybody is Superman. Not everybody can just break in, grab the bad guy, and bring him home, you know, throw him in jail, and everyone goes home happy you know, has dinner together. And so I liked that there's going to be times that the good guy don't doesn't win or he has to make bad choices, right? I mean, time and time again, you know, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. And we saw this, right? Look at the Doctor Strange from, from Earth well, 838, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he made what he thought were good choices until he, they, until he was the bad guy, right? And... So, you know, I liked it because there's there's issues with it. You know, there people die and superheroes die and sometimes they don't die very well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no heroic ending to getting cut in half with a, you know, with, with a shield. Right. There's nothing right. amazing about that, but it happens. And so I thought it was cool. I, I think my mind opens up now. Are we going to continue to see this or was this a one off? This is just Doctor Strange's thing. Are we going to see that in the next Doctor Strange? Right where he's going somewhere else. I I, I think it's neat. I um, I know it takes you know it's moving away from the kids thing. Like 
you know, the same thing I said to you, if I had a 12 or 13 year old kid, I don't think I'd bring him to this. This is a little bit, you know, a little bit much. There's a lot of themes here that are very adult themes. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that you're going to alienate a little bit of your audience, but you're going to definitely interest, you know, your core group, you know, your, your 16 to 24 group, mm-hmm. you know, that's for me anyway, that's, that's what I got out of it. And it, and it drew me in because now there's some real con- world consequences that we're seeing that have big effects. And cause now what for world eight, three, eight, right? You save the day. There's no convergence, but all their Illuminati superheroes are dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. For you, Kimball, what'd you think of this change in tone? Would it work for you? Or what were some of the things you liked? If any. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked that. Um, it definitely was different. And like Mark was saying, you know, after 27 or nine movies, it's like you get tired of it. You get old after a while. And so this den- definitely appeases the different uh, age group. And I, I hope that I hope that it continues in this way. But with like the cameos that were made, it wasn't as good cameos as like the Spider-Man had. <laughs> Those just seem more solid, but like seeing like, I was hoping Professor X would be not not one that was killed because it's like they introduced four great Illuminati characters, but then they all died. And it's like, oh, that was kind of short lived. I was hoping one would one or two would survive, but it, it does. It showed us the power of the Scarlet Witch. Like she just took care of all of them, which was I didn't know she was that strong. Mm-hmm. And now it just makes me think, you know going back like wow could she have handled thanos you know with this new power definitely she could have handled him just by himself but it, this changes things mm-hmm. yeah let's let's talk about that illuminati part i think um in the trailer we saw or we actually heard um professor x's voice we didn't see him so it was like oh is it him is it not him but you know i pretty much knew it was him uh, based on Patrick Stewart's iconic voice. But uh, for that, that appearance, we had John Krasinski show up as Reed Richard, which that's been a rumor for years now that he, him and his wife are going to be the new Fantastic Four couple. Um, and then we finally saw it. That was a surprise to me. I was really happy to see that. Um, mm-hmm. For you, Aiden, you're a big John Krasinski fan from The Office and all that. Did that did he fit that character from what you know about him and did he feel that role pretty good or what do you think? He needed to be a superhero sooner. Yeah. I thought he was really good. Okay. Yeah. For you, Mark, what you know about Reed Richards, was that a good cameo? Did you like it? Um, yeah. I, I don't know too much about Reed Richards, you know, as a character. You know, I know he's, you know, Fantastic Four and all that stuff. But I thought it was cool to see him. Um from everything I've read about him and remember about him, I expected a little bit more from him in the fight yeah, with with Wanda, right? It was just kind of like, oh, I suck as a superhero and I'm dead. He's supposed to be the smartest man in the world. <laughs> and this guy's telling you like, hey, he's got the dark hold. We need help. And he's like, I'll rush right in. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's like, oh, you went from the smartest man in the world to the like the dumbest hero in the world in about one second. So, um, but 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, if they pick him back up, you know, somewhere in another earth or whatever, I, I think that's a good choice as any. Yeah. I thought it was a good preview of what we could get from that. I mean, Fantastic Four is still in development. They recently changed directors, unfortunately. So that puts a delay on things even more. So maybe we'll see it at some point. Um, and then we saw, like you alluded to, Captain, I don't know, Captain Carter, I'm assuming, is what her name was in this one. Uh, she also was cut down, literally, <laughs> cut in half with her own shield. Uh, they didn't show the actual body parts splitting, but it was pretty close to that. I saw the blood on the shield, and I think that was good enough. <laughs> yeah, just the angle that she fell, you kind of like, oh, that didn't go well. Um, I thought she also rushed in. I mean, she was one of the last ones to survive, but... She kind of made some dumb mistakes for being a superhero. I don't know. And then uh, Black Bolt, first time we've seen him on screen, I believe. Uh, who ha He has the power to kill people with, you know, one saying one word because his voice is so powerful. But uh, Scarlet Witch took care of him, imploded his head, <laughs> you know, made it so he couldn't speak. And then the power just contained within his head and his brain blew up. So this is what I didn't get about that part. I thought she couldn't she could only alter reality in your mind, not actually alter reality. And right. she altered reality here. And it's the only time she did it, right? Like it's like, well, why didn't you just make people have no arms and legs and then your problem solved? You you just made this guy have no mouth, mm -hmm. you know, without doing a thing. You know, and so if it was just, you know, in this guy's mind, him whispering wouldn't alter the waves of his whisper inward, right? And so I thought that was weird. I was like, that, you know, that's kind of doesn't make sense to me. It was a cool death, right? It was like crazy to watch, but it just didn't make sense how she could just actually make his mouth disappear. Mm. I wonder if that's uh, like... um an effect of the dark hold like it just makes it that much more power powerful where it actually does alter reality yeah that could be it because the, the dark hold is basically scarlet witch her amplifies her powers right so maybe maybe he thought his mouth was closed so he never opened it and the sound waves just stayed inside of his mouth <laughs> and i don't know but i agree that was the only time we actually saw that it was implied that it all actually altered the physical reality instead of just, you know, your mind playing tricks on you, which he has done in the past. Well, that and when she split up um, Reed Richards into spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She affected his body in a way that shouldn't have happened. But didn't Thanos do that too in Infinity War with the reality stone, which is what her power is based off? He like turn someone into a bunch of cubes mm -hmm. drax yeah and didn't haven't we seen that mouth trick before or is that a different movie franchise i thought we'd seen that before what deadpool Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's what it was so okay and then captain marvel um was that the the co-pilot from the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's her buddy. Yeah, that's what I thought. So she's Captain Marvel in uh, 838. That's something 
like another one of the things you do or should watch beforehand is Marvel's What If series. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes. it does have an actual storyline, even though the title is What If. Um, it explains pretty much who Captain Carter is, who the new um, Captain Marvel is, and I guess that was their reality. And also Zombie Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, we were talking while we were watching the movie is Scarlet Witch the most powerful Avenger I mean she's pretty powerful her but she has the the assistance of the Darkhold Uh, my I think we've talked about this uh, many times throughout the this Marvel run of movies and ever since Avengers Age of Ultron uh, and I believe with even without the Darkhold she is the most powerful Avenger Uh, maybe Thor is on par or maybe a little bit more powerful, but I think it's between those two. But Mark, you had a different opinion or if I remember correctly. Sorry. I was a little distracted. Say that one more time. (laughs) Just talking about Wanda. Is she the most powerful Avenger or is it Thor or someone else? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. So I looked this up, right? Because I I questioned that. Like I was like surprised she just ripped everyone. And everything I see, I think there's 10 million different opinions out there, but everyone I see has Doctor Strange ranked above Wanda. Okay. And so to see her just tear through them like that, I was you know, and like he was, he wasn't just on his back foot. He was just surviving by you know scrub his neck, right? Like just barely mm-hmm. making it. So it had to be the Darkhold that gave her that advantage you know right. for sure uh, but everything i read just shows dr strange just above her i definitely think thor is um is stronger i tend to think her and captain marvel would be on par right because her power comes from the witch stone the purple one i believe okay the space stone who mm. captain marvel yeah yeah yeah, from the test rack. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're both both their powers are based off direct infusion from one of the the Infinity Stones. So they're probably pretty even. But in this fight that they had in the eight three eight world, she had the Dark Hold, which was able allowed her to defeat Captain Marvel. But um, yeah, that's always an interesting conversation. You know, who's the most powerful? And um, Doctor Strange ends up winning. So, but uh, as far as the the eighth, do we want to see more of this type of things where they go to a different universe? In this case, it was eight three eight, and we meet these new people who are slightly different than the 616 main storyline characters. I mean, is that something that's appealing to you or was it good? And now we're done. We're ready to move on and get back to the main story. What do you guys think? What do you think, Kimball? I like it. I think if they did do this, I would like it. If they took the ball and just ran with it, we see a series of, you know, going down this universe and just following it for a while, instead of just getting a glimpse and then coming back to our, universe like let's just let's take that and run with it for a bit it reminded me a lot i don't know if you guys have ever read the book dark matter it came out a few years ago and it's about um the multiverse essentially 
and I think it's going to be a Netflix series. At least that's what I'm really hoping for. But I want to see them just not just touch on these different worlds. I want to see them go down it and explore it. Like, let's see how far they can take this different Captain Marvel or this um, all those other characters they just introduce. Yeah, I agree. Was it cool to see Professor X, though, show up with his, his yellow chair? Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that'll start to bring in more X-Men characters from now on? For the six as long as we six? get Hugh Jackman back for Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it opens the door in a way that, like, they can be like, wait, there's a Professor X on this world in, in Illuminati. Does he exist here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so then that's a way to bring him in. I actually think that they kind of are close the door to keep doing that by introducing these convergences. Mm-hmm. Right. To, in a way for be like, look, if you interact too much in another world, there's going to be convergence. Your reality is going to crash and then everyone's dead. So don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Basically is what they were saying. Right. So mm-hmm. don't do it. And so now, like, I'm wondering, is there going to be some type of weird convergence with 838 now, like, will we see more of their world, but just 838? Because, right. think, you know, you've altered a huge course of their reality by killing their leadership, their hero leadership. And um, so what now? And not only that is you've, you've furthered it, you know, your interaction with other universes by destroying the dark hold in all universes. So... Right. You know, I think that they, they can do some stuff there, but at the same time, I wonder if it wasn't a way for them to kind of contain it or close the book slowly on it, right? Because you, like you said earlier, I think, Kimball, right? Like now there's no consequences. You can do whatever you want, right? There's a million infinity realities and you can solve any problem that way now. And you have America with you who can take you to those realities. So I don't know. I, I think that they've they did themselves a little bit of a service by by kind of shutting the door, but they've left enough open that they can do a couple things with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so America Chavez, she's the only um, character that can in all the universes, right? She's the only. There's no variant for her, right? She's the only one that can travel. There's no mm-hmm. America Chavez in this universe or that universe. It's just her, which is interesting. I don't know how that works. But how does this, these concepts of the multiverse and variants, how does Loki tie into all that? Because I think that's the most, outside of WandaVision, that's the most direct um, yeah. relation as far as these shows, these Disney Plus shows. Is there, are we going to see more of the effects of this in Loki or? Well, that... when does Loki take place? Would this still be, bef- are we still before Loki's events? Because it seemed like at the end of Loki, like that seems to be the latest of what's happening. Unless we haven't seen the effects of what they did. I still don't know where that is on the timeline. Yeah, I think yeah, that one's kind of hard no... to say. Yeah, because um... there's no reference. Right. Yeah. You see him in his own world, but we don't see like what's going on in another world. As far as we know, he could have been being tried or going through, you know, to, to even, you know, at first become like, oh, we've got to delete you now. We've got to kill you. That could have been 10,000 years for all we know. Right. Mm-hmm. It could have been 10 seconds. And so we just don't know. 
I, I seem to think that something we've seen, whether it's time of madness, whether it's when Doctor Strange opened up all those realities, something that happened in WandaVision happened. One of those, you know, I think one of these last movies was what happened at the end of Loki. When that bad guy, whenever I can't remember his name, he's like, I can't see beyond this. Yeah, I can't see beyond this point. Mm -hmm. Something happened that changed everything. And it could have been in any of those films. Could have been WandaVision, could have been in the last. We don't know until they tell us. You know, we can guess till till the end of the day, but something happened. And so I think the end of Loki coincides with the with the big event in one of these, you know, one of these three, you know, shows or movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the the thing about Loki is with the TVA, um, the official description of it is that it was an organ organization and a place created outside of space and time. And it was on the main timeline. But then as soon as it ends, it creates all those multiple timelines. So I guess it doesn't really exist anywhere until the very end. And then I think that is when we see all the the multiverse happen in Spider-Man and now Doctor Strange. And I think that is the only point that's like definite, if that makes sense. I think that whole part is going to be confusing no matter what, since it doesn't technically exist in time. Right. So with the Spider-Man No Way Home sequence, he does something. Does he tear open the multiverses so they bleed through, right? So he has the power to create that spell, but then he can't travel in between the multiverses without America Chavez's help. So he's not that powerful in Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Or, like, how does that work? From what I understand with the dark hold and dreamwalking, there's multiple ways to, you know, see into other universes or access it. But um, Miss America or America Chavez could actually, like, open another universe on demand when she wants, where she wants. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of more... Um, in control of it whereas everything else kind of just happened by accident right okay gotcha um, so go ahead. i don't understand how his spell opened up yeah. to allow people to come in from any universes anyway right it was almost like peter made a wish that was beyond his universe you know beyond his reality and that's what drew in these other people. But what he said is like, you're going to start a convergence with all these other worlds, right? And then, you know, it closed off and and did all that. So I, I don't know if it was really like the spell he cast that did it or him trying to end the spell that did it. I just think that it was a reaction of whatever Peter wished for that went beyond his reality. Like, it just could not exist in his reality, so it, it did something to pull others from another reality, you know, from another universe. Right. If I had to compare, in watching the Spider-Man No Way Home and this Doctor Strange 2, if I had to pick one of them that caused this event in Loki, at the end of Loki, I would say it's more the, the Spider-Man event than anything, because 
Doctor Strange, it was solely with America's help that he was moving. And that's her power. She's been doing that for a while. So it wasn't a new thing, right? It wasn't an accident or some, some mm-hmm. big event. It was just something she does. And they were they were multiverse hopping. But sounds like she's been doing that for a while. So I would say the, the event that we saw in Spider-Man was more of a unseen, you know, thing that happened that could cause some alarm for King, the Conqueror. But, you know, we I think we'll see in Loki 2, we'll see how that plays out for sure. Maybe they're not related at all. Maybe we're just trying to put things round holes or round pegs and square holes type thing. So, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. So America Chavez, uh, she's able to eventually learn how to control her power. At first, it just seems like when she's scared, she's her escape mechanism is to open these holes and escape from the danger that she's in. But towards the end of the movie, she's able to better learn how to do it and help get rid of Scarlet Witch. So Scarlet Witch, she ends up finding this place on Earth where the Darkhold originated because the Darkhold book was copied from the inscriptions on the walls in this place that they went to. And she that's basically her base or her home, it sounds like, where she needs to be. Um, it sounds like it was prophesied that she would show up there, I, I'm guessing. Cause yeah, her, there was a stone figure of her on the wall. Yeah. She said it was her throne to not her tomb. Right. Yeah. So her throne. Uh, but it's short-lived. Um, Strange comes back to this body that was uh, buried at the first of the movie as zombie Strange and is able to animate that dream walk and animate that. And with the help of Wong and America Chavez is able to defeat Scarlet Witch and the whole thing collapses on her. And we're led to believe that she dies but towards the end, there's like this red flash of light that can imply that the stones crushed her and the power was released, or it could imply that she was able to escape somehow. <laughs> That's, I don't think they killed her off. I think they're saving her for a, a different movie or something, but it could be that she died. I don't know. What do you guys think about that ending to the Scarlet Witch? Yeah, I don't um, think she died. I think she's too valuable. Mm-hmm to the MCU, to the Avengers, to defeating Kong, especially with how strong he is. I don't think they would. It seemed kind of not short-lived, but just like anticlimactic, like, oh, she's gone now. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And so I don't think they're going to keep that permanent, especially because nothing's permanent in the MCU. <laughs> especially not with the, the multiverse now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh... Let's see how did how did America end up? She ended up back with Wong and training at Carmitage, right? Mm-hmm. She's gonna stay on Earth six one six for a while at least. Uh, she's the, her and Strange say goodbye, and Strange goes back to his place, and he wakes up, gets dressed, goes for a walk, and this third eye appears, and it appears like it's pretty painful that this third eye manifests itself. Do you guys have any background or thoughts on that? How that all of a sudden that's a thing for him now? It's the, it's the Eye of Agamotto in the comics. That's what it's called. 
Well, um, when Doctor Strange is fighting Evil Strange with the Darkhold, um, Evil Strange says that it comes with a heavy toll or heavy price or something along those lines using it. And we saw that it corrupted Wanda and corrupted him. You saw their black fingertips. And then also you see the third eye Mm -hmm. on Evil Strange. Um, And I guess we kind of assumed that that was either just you know, him or it was an effect of using the, the dark hold for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a cool effect by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but also at the same time, like he, he uses it once. That's the only time he uses it that we see on screen at least. Um, and then he drops down and gets the eye of Agam- I Agumoto mm-hmm. and also Wanda doesn't have the eye as far as we know. Um, yeah. Which makes point. me wonder if it's uh, a thing that's specific to Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah that's interesting how that. So, this is what it says. I just looked something up. Okay. This is what it says. It says in the movie we see. The Sinister Strange flexing the third eye, making us believe it is associated with evil. However, that isn't the case in Marvel Comics, and the extra eye is a manifestation of the eye of Agamotto. The third eye doesn't make anyone evil. Instead, it only gives some more powers to its user. For instance, the user can use the third eye to reveal the truth, rewatch every past event, and weaken any mystical entity. Apparently, we've seen the Eye of Agamotto previously in the MCU as it was created to contain the Time Stone. However, Thanos crushed it in the Infinity Wars whilst fighting Strange. Then we see the Eye of Agamotto back on, back in No Way Home, but without the Time Stone. Doctor Strange got the third eye after using Sinister Strange's Darkhold, and while the Evil Strange might have used the eye for the wrong reason, Doctor Strange will use it to bring down the evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not good or evil. It's just how the user decides to to employ it or use it. Which makes sense because at the very end of Doctor Strange in the end credit scene, um, we see that person come and say that there's been a... Con- or, uh, what was it called again? Um, con- congru- no. Convergence. Convergence. Um... um he doesn't look evil, and then he pops open that eye and says, let's do it, or something like that. Mm-hmm. He has that attitude, like, yeah, let's let's fix it. Yeah. And that person is Clea, who has a pretty deep history w- with Doctor Strange, at least in the comics. I had to look it up and see who she was. Uh, played by Charlize Theron. So hopefully that's, if a big name like her is coming in for an end credit scene, I would imagine she's going to be showing up in the future. Um, so that's probably the direction they're going in. But it's in the history of the comics, they're, they're love interests. They get married at some point, then they get divorced. But, you know, they're, she is going to replace Christine, is, is the setup, in my opinion. But she is related to Dormammu, who we saw in the first Doctor Strange. Like, Dormammu has a sister, and she is the daughter of his sister. So... <laughs> Dormammu's niece, at least in the comics. And you, 
when we watched it in the theater, Mark, you're like, oh, that's that's a scene when they cut the reality and we saw into this alternate place. You're like, oh, that's the place from Dormammu from the first movie. So you picked it out right away and went to it and kind of knew where they were going with it to, on some level. So, For you, Kimball, what did you think of this first end credit scene? Did it pique your interest? Was it a good scene, yeah. Charlize Theron? <laughs> well, it's just another can of worms that they're opening without having <laughs> to close the other ones. Because we still we got introduced to Thanos' half-brother after mm-hmm. the Eternals. Right. We haven't seen anything about that. It seems like there's been a few of these end credit scenes that they've introduced to us, but they haven't gone on with it. And now we got another one. So it's hard to keep track of all of these, and I wish they would uh, yeah. not open as many of them and you know give us more storyline of these other ones that they haven't finished yet. So okay. I, I wasn't... I just, when I saw it, I thought, oh, great, here's another one. Now i got to <laughs> wait forever to find out who this person is. Yeah. I mean, that kind of happened in in the events leading up to, you know, the Infinity War. Um, we got glimpses of different stones and Thanos going everywhere, and we didn't really know what that was for. I mean, we did because comics, but we didn't at the same time, so I imagine this is going to be another big event. Um, I... I think there was a name for it, but I don't remember. Name for what? Um, I guess the next big end game type thing. Isn't it? I thought it was Kong Wars. Oh, Secret Wars? King the Conqueror? Kang Wars. That's what I've been reading. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I think they're teasing a lot with this Kane character and haven't revealed anything since. So, be interesting. All right. Uh, and then the last end credit scene was um, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> his cameo, mm-hmm. punching himself for, what, two weeks? Oh. So, uh, anyways, uh, final thoughts. Uh, what do you think about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Was it a worthy entry for the, the MCU? Did it do a good job of explaining what's next? Good character development for Doctor Strange? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Kimball? I think um, this was my second favorite Phase 4 film of okay. the MCU. Um, just because a lot of the other mcu films we've had like eternals and shang chi those those have been more origin stories and those just don't hold as much weight to me Mm -hmm. um as like sequels and things so this one definitely second favorite first being uh no way home but um i thought this story this movie did contribute a lot to the universes and it wasn't just you know, it's not just going to be a standalone film. It did have consequences, and we're hopefully going to see them in the future. And um, I like the movie overall. It was good. Okay. Cool. For you, Aiden, what do you think? I think I agree. I I liked Shang-Chi, and I haven't watched The Eternals yet just because it's an origin story, and I haven't really cared too much to yet. Um, yeah. Um, I'm definitely more invested in like the likes of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Um, and it was a good entry or 
continuation of the story it adds a lot to it and there's a lot of depth to it um and it's put together well there's lots of things to think about and talk about and consider Mm -hmm. and wonder about and it's um i like movies like that and i liked that this movie was dark and um those are my favorite movies like the joker um where it's just the good guys don't win for most of the movie at least um and it kind of sucks but then it it resolves itself however you want i mean we think wanda dies which kind of sucks but it adds weight to the movie Mm -hmm. yeah good points mark um i liked it uh phase four i i put spider-man above it because of the nostalgia of spider-man right i that was just too amazing to ever put aside as a whole when i put it you know next to all the other films it's definitely probably in the top I'd say top six or seven movies for me. I, I really liked it. There was a lot of good things about it. Uh, there was its plot holes. I kind of get annoyed with plot holes sometimes. Celestials was probably like one of the worst ones ever with plot holes. But um, uh, there were there some, but I think that it, there's a lot of good that can come from this new direction. You know, where are we going from here? You know, we can get a little bit, you know, out of, the same jokes, the same, you know, kind of rigmarole that we've seen for 20 plus films, you know, and so that was really neat. Um, be interesting to see where we go from here, you know, like uh, if, if they continue that, you know, that direction to a little bit more older audience. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think my my one big criticism, just like I said, was was just there was a couple glaring plot holes in there that you know, I have a hard time coming to terms with, right? It's just like, look, this is such a big plot hole. Like, how do you, how do you fix that? Do you just ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist? Or do you have to write some story to try to make it work, which could be a disaster. So we'll see what happens, but definitely, definitely go see it. It it was definitely worth, if you haven't seen it, great. If you have seen it, tell us how awesome it was. If you don't think it was awesome, then um, don't comment. No, I'm just kidding. Comment, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah no good good show yeah yeah i agree with you guys uh like the the new tone i don't want to see every movie be a horror or dark but you know a couple more here and there would be good um for the reasons you guys mentioned i thought it was definitely one of the better ones recently um i enjoyed it but uh upcoming marvel movies and disney plus shows miss marvel is june 8th on disney plus the series, I believe. Uh, and then Thor, Love and Thunder, July 8th, 2022. There is a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas holiday special later this year. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which is part two, November 11th, 2022. And then She-Hulk on Disney Plus, the series coming out later this year as well. So that's 2022, and then Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, is February of 2023, and then Guardians of the Galaxy 3, May 2023. So that's the next year for for Disney movies. Um, Thor looks good, Black Panther, Ant-Man, I think are my my favorite ones to look forward to, but we will review those as they come out. We will do what we do with the Marvel movies. 
check out our previous Marvel reviews, uh, starting with Captain America, the first Avengers. They're all on our audio podcasts. Uh, so check out our audio podcast feed for those, as well as other nerd movies and books and all that stuff that we talk about. Uh, go to tcn.fm for all our audio podcast shows. So we want to thank you guys for joining us once again here on the Credible Nerds Podcast. And once again, definitely subscribe to our video, our channel, uh, like our video, let us know what you think in the comments, if you liked this movie or not, um, and we will respond and go from there. So thanks guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. See ya.